queer community and friendships have made my life so much richer. I would always journal and say, like, pick out these pros and cons or just like make lists of like, what will make me happy? Um, Because depression is hard, you guys. Sometimes you got to make your happy list. 100%. Um, You got to make the happy list. And um, at the top of mine was like close friends to go out with. And since I've had that, I have felt like I can literally do anything. I think um, I think my friends are like the loves of my life. And I um, like my life's purpose is not necessarily to have the love of my life romantically, even though like that happened when that happens, it'll be great. But to have this community of people who I can be with and challenge and have them challenge me um, because we just continue to choose each other over and over again, even when we got to set at each other. And I've never had that. I haven't had that with my family. So mm-hmm. it's really nice to um, do a lot of that. Welcome to the Live Your Fuck Yes Life podcast, your place for real talk and conscious conversations about shit that really matters. I'm Amanda Catherine Loy, your resident queerdo, nonconformist, and trauma-informed coach for folks who are tired of the fucking shoulds and are craving something more. Stick around for all things relationship anarchy, coming out later in life, moving through the mess, and beyond. You ready? Here we go. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to episode 158 of the pod. Woo, we are kicking off Pride Month. Happy Pride, babes. Happy Pride, babies. I hope that uh, you find some form of liberation and joy um, amidst the also wildness and fear and uh, deep, deep fucked up bullshit um that exists all around us um because you fucking deserve to feel liberation um and I know this this podcast episode this conversation um is going to really bring some warmth to your heart um and and so is next next week's or two weeks from now's um episode it's um oh it's just yeah it's gonna be really good um if you were voting on my Instagram stories um, last week around how you wanted that episode to go. You know what's coming up. Um, and if not, it'll be a juicy surprise. Um, before we officially get into this week's episode and um, all things rain, um, I just wanted to let you all know that I'm doing something I don't really ever do. And I'm opening one-off, one-on-one pop-up somatic coaching sessions. Um, this is the work that I, I do in the mentorship coaching space with my long-term clients. It's really deep, really integrative work, um, all surrounded in somatics and embodiment work. Um, And uh, I have opened up some spots for June. Um, So if you are curious about that, want to work together in that way, um, are really feeling like you are needing to get back into your body, seeking some ease to your nervous system because you are struggling with some stuff there, um, well, we all are, <laughs> um, or um, wanting to be more in touch and intentional with your needs and boundaries or all of the above, um, there are, as I'm recording this, at least 14 spots left for the month. Um, and uh, yeah, I would love to, to see you in there and support you. Um, so yeah, all of that's in the show notes or just go to the linkies in my bios um, and snag a spot. And if you are in a position where you need some financial aid and assistance, um, just shoot me a DM. Um, or if you have any questions about anything, just shoot me a DM. I am always here to collaborate with you and make spaces that feel aligned and right um, for your needs. So it never hurts to ask, right? Okay, let's get the fuck into today's episode. Um I'm so stoked <laughs> to introduce you to this incredible human who I've had the pleasure of getting to know in my own life in the last year. And um, I'm just so stoked that she's here on the podcast today. Um, Rain is such a community organizer and a community centered being. And when I was thinking about who I wanted to have on the podcast to talk about, how to cultivate fucking queer community, something that I still feel like I am struggling with five years into my oh like my owning my own queer identity um like it was just such an an easy yes um 
to have this beautiful soul um, that I am I'm really grateful to be able to call a colleague, but also like becoming a friend. Um, and that's really cool. Um, yeah, if you are if you are unfamiliar with all things Rain, <laughs> um, Rain is a uh, black lesbian artist and writer living in Chicago. Um, she's also the host and co-organizer of Fruit Salad, a monthly queer open mic. Um, her writings um, and all over publications, and she's writing her second poetry chapbook right now. Um, and she also has had artwork shown all over um, in Chicago and. Um, and yeah, she's just a fucking cool human. Um, and the conversation that you're about to listen to is one that um, I know I deeply fucking needed when I was first coming into my queerness, a couple years into my queerness, and fucking frankly still now. Um, it really gave a warm hug to my own heart, um, the one that um, I feel like I constantly am seeking spaces where I feel like I fully can belong as myself and um and fostering relationships in the same way right um and uh yeah honestly like re-listening to this episode as I was editing it gave me so 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 much hope and uh I know that it will give so much warmth to yours. So, yeah, without any further fucking ado, let's get into the episode. Here we go. Hey, Rain. Welcome to the pod. Hi. Thanks for having me on. I have wanted to have you on for a while, and I'm just stoked because uh, we're going to be launching this during Pride Month, and I, I feel like the thing that I know I really struggled with the most when I came out very late and, or I guess I should say later in life. Um, and also have seen so many of like people in my world or community or whatever, who are queer, who have also come out later in life, or just even folks who have been queer for a long time, like really struggle with is finding community. And I have just like watched you both from afar and up close getting to know you the last couple of years. And, or I guess really it's been a year. How is it? It's probably been about a year since our coffee like day. date. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that. that. Um, but yeah, I just, I really, I really respect and have found so much encouragement in just watching you foster both community within your own life, your own personal life, but also build community spaces in Chicago for queer people. And mm-hmm. It has just been like so epic to watch. And I was just like, I feel like I'm really great at building community. And then I watched you and I was like, I fucking am terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, not at all. And honestly, like, uh, this is like very much like, I obviously like really fucking just like love the shit out of you as a person in just my like our personal lives together. But also I just like really think what you're doing for the community here in Chicago is so monumental and huge. And I feel, and I'm gonna just gonna speak this into the world. Like I often look at your the way that you do this, and I experience like feelings of envy, of jealousy, of like how have you in such a short amount of time fostered this personal community, um, like and friends in your life that are all these like queer, really amazing people. And I'm like, I'm over here being like, why do I still feel like the outsider? You know, <laughs> um, and I know part of that is like my own trauma and my own shit. But I just, yeah, I just want to say that you're doing really beautiful things. And I'm stoked to talk about this because I think a lot of people struggle with how to find community, how to build community, how to even like begin, um, especially in the queer space. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh. I, you know, I, it's, it's so interesting because I, I feel like shocked that my, like, I've been trying to make friends in Chicago since I've been here. Um, so I've been here about five ish years or so, maybe more. Lost count. Um, I yeah, moved here in like September of 2018. So, um, and at the time I was, um, not out, like I was, you know, sort of in a closet, but sort of queer, not dating queer, uh, at all. And then as I came out and started being more queer people, I started this sort of intentionally trying to build community. And that was just, honestly just latching on to anyone who expressed interest in hanging out and 
almost like semi dating people like the commitment you have to do to like continuously like meet with people and see if you mesh but um I think that a huge part of my success and making my like chosen fam like friend group and community is that I got lucky in that a lot of these people had just moved to Chicago Mm. so like I had you know been here a year or two but um in a like uh relationship with a straight cis man at the time so like the the things I did on the weekends like didn't really like um Matt like I didn't have I wasn't in queer community essentially yeah so <clears throat> as soon as I started dating in a more queer way um and uh fruit style of course which we'll get into um I found that it got a lot easier because not only had this incredible group of people a lot of them were very new to the city but they just kind of also we pursued each other it was just like we're gonna keep coming to fruit mm-hmm. salad we're gonna keep mm-hmm. asking you to hang out and I'm like oh is this did it work did I did it work? Oh my God. It's, I'm 33. And like for the first slash second time in my life, I have um, close friends. That's dope. Yeah. I Can I ask like how you even started finding people? Because I think that was my big question. Like early on, I was like, where do I even go? Other than like, I feel like most of my queer friends that I've met are because I dated them and then we became friends. And it's like, if people are not non-monogamous and don't have like are choose not choosing to take that path, like I don't know, I, I, I or even are non-monogamous but like want friendship and are not looking necessarily for like another partner, it's just like I feel like there's always like how do you fucking start? How do you meet people? Like where did you even fucking go? I honestly went to um, the Martin, I um, which is Chicago. Obviously, it's a great art space. But it all started for me when I um, came on as one of their event assistants a couple of years mm. ago, maybe three years ago. And just by being connected to an art space that was also queer yeah. and just being more visible and having a chance to kind of like over and over again in the same spot, the same queer people. Um, and it just kind of took off from there. I really think a huge part of building a queer community and queer friendship is that you have to go to these events and things and you know it's it's hard like because if you're going into a large event you don't really know that many people it's hard to kind of be like oh where do I get in like everyone seems to kind of be in the click but the more you go to things often enough the more often you'll notice that oh maybe someone is standing off by themselves or even just like um, some organizers will just come up to you like hey are you having a good time and it's really just consistency and showing up to um, an event or a space that really resonates with you mm. like yeah I think I love that, that yeah yeah I I think that that's a missing piece that I had not even considered until like a year ago I was I've been and I still am sort of in this season of like do I find a part-time job in a queer space or a queer centered where there's like queer people that work there it doesn't necessarily have to be like a queer specific space um and there are so many options for that in Chicago which is great um just to be able to like be more in space you know consistently and I I think it's interesting I'd forgotten that that was like your first kind of step into because the Martin is like run by queer folk and like obviously a lot of queer people tend to sort of be in that space which is so great um and I I don't know I just like hadn't really thought about that until like a year ago when I was like how do I expand my queer community now that pandemic is starting to shift and how can I make new friends and also just like be in queer spaces more um because I feel more myself when I'm in Mm. queer spaces um and so I think it's really cool that you like, was that intentional? Was that just sort of happenstance? Like how did that? Yeah. I feel like it was, um, <clears throat> I feel like it was intentional. I, you know, I, my main concern at the time was like, I need to be around more art. So that's where the Martin came in. And then, you know, as I got more comfortable in my queerness, especially during the pandemic, and, um, you know, dating more intentionally as a queer, as a black lesbian, eventually, um, <laughs> I just started surrounding myself with more and more 
queer people and just kind of felt a connection in a way that I hadn't with a lot of my straight friends, which are also, they're also great people. But, you know, having that sort of primary connection of like we have the same sort of sexuality um, made it a lot easier. And it was just, um, again, like divine timing to some degree. Like these people were new to Chicago for the most yeah. part and also hungry to like have someone to go to an event with. Mm. Um, and that was, a, you know, a huge thing for me. And I was like, wow, this all kind of came together uh, perfectly in that way. And, you know, going to like queer meetups alone is like, so it's terrifying and it's very hard, but the more you do it and you practice, um, like being alone in those spaces, you'll see other people are also like being alone in those spaces Mm -hmm. and just hungry for connection. Um, but yeah, to your point, yeah, dating, I'm definitely friends with a lot of people I've dated. Um, and just, yeah, non-monogamy is great for that. It's like, Hey, you know, I think we do really good as friends so some of my best friends are people I was one's partners with yeah I know I feel that way too it's it's I feel really grateful to have had like it's interesting because I feel like yours and my trajectory timeline seems sort of similar in terms of like we're similar ages we both were with like you know cis men and in a very like heteronormative dynamic for so long and then it was like lol non-monogamy and then it was like oh shit i'm so queer (laughs) it was exactly that oh my god which is just like i feel like it's a a a pattern and a and a a timeline that seems to be very common now i like i'm i'm watching so many folks go through that especially like femme bodied um or femme presenting folks who have been in these very like patriarchal rooted you know oppressed relationships um for so long and then it's like (laughs) I don't want this no (laughs) more what can I do different and then it's you know either seeking non-monogamy seeking you know different style of relationships um you know exploring and questioning their sexuality for the first time in their lives so it's like how did you get from because I know obviously more of the intricacies of your story, but people listening don't like, how did you, did you get from like, I'm in this relationship to I am now a black lesbian in Chicago chilling and just like living my best life and being a queer organizer, you know, like, I mean, it's like, I imagine that like old rain is just kind of looking and being like, <laughs> bitch, how'd this happen? <laughs> oh, oh, Absolutely. Oh, oh my gosh. So like, I, you know, like many people, um, familiar story, I always knew I was gay from a really young age, um, but didn't really have words for it slash was very encouraged to not be gay by my extremely religious parents. Um, But you know, it was never going to go away. And I have been very intentional about my upbringing in a, um, a Christian home where like homophobic homophobia was kind of like, you know, your daily thing. So I knew I had a lot of internalized homophobia to work through before I could actually, um, I had a lot of like internalized homophobia to work through before I could actually consider, um, being in a queer relationship. I knew that, you know, I had that kind of the same old thing that people have said, like I could have sex with a woman or a non-cis man, but I can never date one and I, cause I'm not romantically attracted to them. So I was like, I know that's wrong, but how do I get past that? Like, mm. so, you know, eventually I, um, it's so funny. I, <laughs> I'm just like telling on myself, but I don't think that this person will listen. If they do. Hi. Um, thank you for <laughs> helping me come out. But um, I uh, live next door to this, art uh space and the owner and curator was this beautiful black um gay person um beautiful long locks and they just were sort of like soft studs like masculine Mm -hmm. and i just had this like overwhelming urge to like go on a date with them and like Mm -hmm. make them some brownies or something and i was like (laughs) oh my god i am romantically attracted to women and non-binary people and not just cis men so that was kind of like my you know okay I gotta you know talking talking to my partner at the time I was like I gotta date girls I gotta I gotta be gayer than I am now um this is not an ultimatum but I'm letting you know I'm going to date gay people what do you want to do 
Yeah. And he was like, all right, well, we're doing non-monogamy. So we did that for a while. I you know, dipped my toe in. And um, as time went on and um, last year, uh, around this time, I was opening my first uh, solo art show installation at uh, Co-Prosperity Sphere. Um, really cool window installation called Sanctified. Um, and I realized kind of in that moment that, you know, I was going to be surrounded by a lot of my gay friends and I was watching a lot of stuff on TikTok as one does, um, especially like post pandemic and mm-hmm. uh, not post, not that we're post, but you know, the height and um, like being seen these TikTok lesbians and being jealous mm-hmm. and being like, I wish I was a lesbian and I cannot, <laughs> I don't think there's many <laughs> straight or by people who watch lesbian TikTok and say, I wish I was a lesbian too. So <laughs> I was just like, oh girl, we are in trouble. So it was just kind of like, and I, you know, had kind of had the same, a lot of people say this and teach their own, but like um, my partner at the time, I was like, this is going to be the last cis man I ever date if we break up. Um, after that, only queer women. And to me, I was just like, I want to lead with like be ethical in all things and for me I felt if I feel this way then I shouldn't be with him and because I don't think I'm loving him in the way that you know someone who could be more romantically interested in him could so um we broke up and we remained friends we have a cute little dog she lives with him in the um and not Chicago (laughs) 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 she lives with him and um yeah and I came out as a lesbian and have really felt so good about that label, um, especially like historically and politically of all the incredible black lesbians who have come before me. And, you know, I, you know, really center my lesbianism and like anti like anti patriarchal, um, anti white supremacy. Um, and, you know, as of right now, I don't have romantic interest in cis straight men. It's sort of like, um, focus on sapphic connections and then like everything else mm-hmm. but um, for me lesbianism is often like death is more about politics and um, definitely not the weirdo turf crap that people yeah. are on I'm like oh my god stop yeah Just, please now my lesbianism includes pretty much almost everybody yeah I mean that's how I feel about my queerness like it's so much more so much less about who I'm having sex with or who I'm attracted to. That is obviously a piece of it, but it's a big piece of it. But it's it's much more for me about like my commitment to like fucking up the patriarchy and politically how I align. Like, and I think more and more people are are feeling aligned in terms of like labels that they identify with from that space. I think it's dope that like finding that label for yourself has been really empowering. I think a lot of people kind of shit on labels and I, I have like strong feels about both things as I do for almost everything. <laughs> but like, I think that's really cool that stepping into like the label of lesbian for you has been really empowering. That's yeah. That's awesome. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you. It it really has. I, you know, it was, you know, identified as queer for a really long time and um, just kind of had this thought like, oh my gosh, I don't think that's right. I don't think that's it. So, you know, as I was, you know, dating a cis straight man, I still considered myself queer and had queer relationships outside of him. But, you know, I, you know, just kind of had this moment of like, I think this is what feels right and has always sort of been there. So to have kind of like non-monogamy lead me there was really great um, in the long uh, term. And, and also like having an amazing partner of almost five years um who was just very like um you know just uh emotionally intelligent and caring and a great like provider and a great friend so I felt a lot very safe to kind of like slowly come to terms with like my lesbianism if that makes sense yeah um I never felt like I had to perform a sort of like cis femininity in order Mm -hmm. to be in that relationship so that was like never expected of me. I got to just show up as myself mm. and I was kind of able to really release a lot of that um, during that relationship. Yeah, that's dope. This episode is brought to you by Beducated. 
Beducated is a pleasure-based and shame-free sex education online platform, one that I've personally used and absolutely fucking love. Their workshop on squirting and fisting were two of the first ones I ever took to expand my own sexual repertoire, and I really fucking love that they bring on such a diverse group of educators and that these resources cater to queer and non-monogamous folks alike. With Beducated, you get access to 100-plus online courses from the world's top experts with just the click of your fingers. And by using the code FUCKYES, you get 40% off a year's subscription. And hey, if you sign up and it's not for you, you don't get charged in the first 24 hours, so you can always try it and cancel. Again, that's the code FUCKYES, F-U-C-K-Y-E-S, for 40% off a one-year subscription. Get wet and stay wet, my babies. So, okay, what's it been like on the other side and like deep diving into sapphic spaces for you, like relationship wise? And I know, like, obviously it's a roller coaster. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is absolutely a roller coaster. When I tell you that, you know, all the stuff people say on TikTok is true <laughs> about coming out later in life, like, oh my gosh, I'm 33. Um, I've been dating, uh, like actively dating as a queer person for maybe four years and a lesbian for one. And it's just like the second adolescence is real. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. Absolutely real. You're just like feral and full of feelings. And it's like, <laughs> I the, love you. <laughs> gosh, oh my God. Like the curtain just came up or went down. Something happened. Just a, a switch was flipped and I will not like I can't look back it's incredible like never in my life have I been loved and touched and kissed and fucked mm. <laughs> in this kind of way before and it's it's so like interesting to be like almost like be a human in some ways like I've really really have come home to myself um as a lesbian and to like think of that now it's like closeted me who thought everyone looked like looked at boobs <laughs> turns out they don't I was just really gay uh, <laughs> um to being where I am now with this queer um chosen friend group chosen family group and um the queer spaces I'm in is just really incredible I you know I I couldn't trade it for anything else and it's I think what's really great too about queer dating is that um, and not that I haven't, you know, had cis uh, relationships where we didn't end up as friends, but I feel so much more empowered to like reject people or mm. um, like if, if a date went wrong or I feel so much more empowered. Um, uh, I'm trying to find the right words for this, just like in, in my own choices and in my sexuality and like what I like and don't like. Mm. Um, and also that the ability to so easily be friends with people for the most part after a breakup ends because you like truly feel that that other person um, is seeing you as a a human being and not that obviously not to say that cis men um, don't view like their queer partners as human beings but there's like this um, extra level of emotional intelligence I've found in queer dating for the most part that has made it a lot easier for my exes to be friends and close friends and um the same as well i you know it's it was easy in um cis heteronormative relationships to kind of put my partner on a pedestal that um of masculinity that he never asked to be on but yeah i feel like it was expected of me yeah um and now i don't really have those social scripts anymore that i have mm-hmm. to follow fuck yeah i think my my dream life is that all those social scripts will just go the fuck away in any relationship dynamic with anybody. You know what I mean? I'm like, I think the queer centered model that has been present for so many fucking decades is what like the world needs to model (laughs) its society around, like for all relationships, all people, all structures beyond. I'm like, it is how I've always, it feels very relationship anarchist to me. Like that's how I sort of identify with it within myself but it's like I can't I can't imagine ever participating in any relationship dynamic whether it's platonic or not at this point in my life and haven't for a while like 
that isn't rooted in the, I don't know, the rejection of the patriarchy and of these like scripts that have been so rooted in stuff that I just, I don't love and I don't believe in, you know? And I, I feel like it's the way of starting to change in like more significant ways, even beyond just the queer space. And I think non-monogamy is a big piece in that. And I just like, I'm here for it. I'm like, I'm like, let me just watch the ripples. Like I just want to see them. And I want the, I want the ocean to be this instead of just a small, tiny wave, you know? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, the way that non-monogamy has helped me to see my partners as people and not just someone I'm dating and the things that I get from them and vice versa. Um, and it's still, you know, it's still really hard. Oh my gosh. I, I'm single at the moment, but I think about how, um, just, uh, how much communication it takes and how I yeah really just ran from communication. It's like so often. Mm. Um, but you know, it, eventually I learned like, oh my God, I am safe. Not only am I safe to express a need, um, but I also have to, you know, kind of look at myself in um, the mirror and be like, oh, sometimes I hurt people, not intentionally, or maybe intentionally, I don't know. But um, being willing to be wrong, oh my god, I feel like that is the mm. the biggest thing for me. Mm. Like, I need to be willing to be wrong, and I need the people in my life to also be willing to be wrong. Yeah, fuck yeah. I deeply identify with that. I think like, for me, there was this script for so long about like, you have to be the best and this good girl and all of these things. And that like, hurting somebody meant that I was the worst person on the world. And that I had like, not done the thing right, quote unquote, which like, what does that even fucking mean? Um, So I really identify with that a lot, like being able to take ownership and fully acknowledge your peace in someone's pain or in a narrative or the truth, right? Whatever that is, is I think the only way we can really operate like in integrity with other people, you know, but getting to that place is hard as shit when you've been so programmed not to. Yeah, it's, it's really hard. I, you know, I feel like I really have addressed the people pleaser in me that um, it's for me, like, it's kind of almost like a leftover of like, cis heteronormativity um because for me my and it's you know obviously it's different for everyone but a lot of my attraction to cis straight men had to deal with like winning or being chosen and being the best version of cool girlfriend I could be Mm. and I realized a lot I realized that I didn't I wanted these men to choose me but I didn't actually want them like what got me what made me happy was that they um found worth in my coolness and it was so easy to perform that and now that I'm (laughs) very gay it's just like oh my god please like me (laughs) (laughs) I like you so much please like me (laughs) it's um yeah it's it's like night and day um you know I still definitely struggle with people pleasing but I've gotten so much more comfortable being like um, people are allowed to have reactions to my choices and that does not make me a bad person. Mm, Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting too. Like I don't, maybe this is my bias coming through in my own experience, but what I was like hearing through what you just shared was also almost this, like, you know, cause in, when you're in heteronormative dynamics, um, there's a power imbalance and that just is true. And I think this whole, like, I want to be chosen. I want to be like, is, is this like seeking to also get on the same level power wise, right? It's what we've been fighting for as like that bodied folk for so long. And I think that it's very interesting to be like in queer spaces where all of a sudden that power dynamic is the same inherently a lot of the time, not always, right? If you're like like me with my with my QPP, we're in different dynamics because I'm cis and they're not. Um, and so I have a higher, you know, power dynamic in that relationship. But like at the end of the day, there's it's a more similar plane than when you're like dating a cis man, period. And so I think it's interesting. And I don't know, again, 
I could just be infusing my own shit, but like, huh, the moment that that power imbalance, power imbalance isn't as present, it's like safety to be more myself, you know, space for me to just like be in it and be like, oh, wait, I want you to like me instead of like, fuck yeah, choose me. Right. It's like such a different energy, such a different vibe. I think that's very interesting. Yeah, it it really is. It's also like so <laughs> refreshing and terrifying to be like, oh, I just get to be rained. Like, mm-hmm. I don't have to be the girlfriend. I don't have to do I can just show up as me. And, um, you know, it was easy at times to get like cis men to be attracted to me and just like, oh, like spat off some facts of something and you know, and it was just like this kind of game at some points. But like when I've been dating queer, like in queer spaces, it's just like, oh my god, like I'm more than just you know my tits and ass. Now <laughs> I actually have to have a personality. No way. So <laughs> that's been really just great um, in that aspect. Like I feel so fulfilled as a queer person, and um, and there's also you know there's as coming out in its journey and like my journey being where it is now. And feeling so settled it's there's also this grief because I didn't have a queer teenage you know t- teenagerhood and I, I was yeah. not a queer teenager um and you know I did have a queer I didn't have a queer early 20s experience that you know I've seen some of my friends go through I have some younger friends or I've heard about with other friends and it's like there's this grief for um the younger me who didn't yeah. know what to do with those feelings and thoughts and like that inherent knowledge that I was just different. Um, but I, you know, I kind of make up for that now. And even like um, a couple of years ago and like wanting to be in queer community, but being in a straight passing relationship and not really knowing where I fit in or if I could do those things um, now has just been like, you know, a lot of not necessarily catch up. I've you know stopped calling it catching up to everyone else. Because everyone's timeline is their timeline, but yeah. um, celebrating. It feels that now. way sometimes, though, for sure. I get that. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it really does. And like, I also really identify with that morning of. I remember when I first came out, and I was just like, I wish that I had been. I wish I'd had this knowing, fully in my bones. Because I, I, unlike you, like I just like I hadn't even ever considered it. It was just like I hadn't explored the possibility in my brain because I was like, that's just not that's not a thing. I didn't know it was an option. I I had had never met queer women. I had only ever met gay men. I'm like in theater, you know, and so I was like, yeah, if you're gay, you're a dude. (laughs) I was just like, I did not. (laughs) I mean, like truly. And then there were like the few (laughs) that were out in the media, you know, that were these older lesbian women. But I was like, but I also like men. And so I was like, I like penises. So that must mean I am straight. You know, it was just like, that is the, that is the trajectory. And so, and that is still true for me. And so navigating that, I think that's been more of a detriment, honestly, because I even think about like, you've invited me to some like dyke nights and some other things. And I sit with myself and I, I don't say this to you or to anyone else, but I'm over here being like, do I belong there? You know, Mm -hmm. as someone who, yes, is queer and also is not a dyke, you know, and and I don't know. I still don't know how to like sift through those things. And I will I will even like say that sometimes like coming to fruit salad, which we'll get into now because it's fucking the the shit. But like fruit salad is this event that rain runs and starts and you will obviously share way more about the specifics of it because you know it way better than I do. But like coming to it was hard for me the other Mm -hmm. month because I was like, I don't still don't know fully how to be in queer spaces because I sometimes don't feel like I belong there still, you know, Mm -hmm. even this far into my self-acceptance of my queerness, like reveling in my queerness, like when I'm home alone, it's like, fuck yeah, with my friends, fuck yeah. But when it comes to being in queer spaces, specifically spaces that are lesbian bars, like where fruit salad is held, it's like, well, do I belong here if I occasionally suck dick, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then there's also the fact of like, there are a lot of people who belong in lesbian spaces that do have penises um, that are not cis, right? And so it's like how, yeah, and just like the, yeah, those kind of conversations that I think are 
so needed and yet don't happen a lot um, or enough in my opinion. Um, it leaves people like me feeling like I don't know how to even begin to take that step. And I think it's interesting too that even you shared with your own story that like you were able to fully step into this like feeling of community and queerness like once you had been like full sapphic space, right? And I just think that's that's interesting. I've always been like, I kind of wish that that my body was just like wanting only that because I feel like I would feel more quote unquote, like legit in my queerness, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's something no, I sit with I, all the time. I get that for sure. And yeah, absolute um, agree and double agree. Like lesbians have all kinds of body parts. They're lesbians with dicks. There are women with dicks. And, um, there are yep. men with like pussies and, yep. um, and there are people who just, they got big parts. And I think that what's great about Dorothy is that it's a lesbian bar, but it's not for friends of Dorothy. So lesbians, but also for friends of lesbians too. I think that, um, by them saying it's a sapphic space, um, specifically means not just this is for lesbians, but we don't center. And I, you know, I won't speak for them, but for me, I've read it as, we don't center the feelings of cis straight men here. Um, and for me, that is what kind of being in a sapphic space is, yeah. is that, you know, this is for the gays and it does have a sapphic air, but this is not for a cis straight man. Like the goal is like, you know, this isn't necessarily for you. Like you can come, but, you know, kind of having that commitment to that, like kind of creating that safe space, if that yeah. makes sense. It makes total and, sense. And yeah, and on top of that too, like by erasure and just um pan like pansexual erasure is absolutely a thing. And um a huge part of that too. People are, you know, they do and um there's like a lot of transphobia within that too. Um yeah. people feeling like, Oh, I don't want people with dicks in my space. I'm like, you're just being transphobic. Like, you know, I I get that, you know, people do have trauma around like penises and that's like something for them to work through but um you know excluding anyone with parts that are not like a you know vagina attached to a womb is like just it's weirdo behavior um (laughs) it is uh it is not cool and um it's it's fucked up is what it is so yeah i think that it, it is important to talk about queer spaces especially fruit salad being in a lesbian bar as a space for you know all gay people and i think what um a huge part of it for me of having a gay open mic um and being like a black lesbian in chicago is that i have never felt safe in um different gay bars uh in a boys town area as a black lesbian who's you know visibly black and visibly femme for the most part um, so having fruit salad has given me, um, and Dorothy, uh, being in Dorothy has given me a lot of safety, um, mm-hmm. in that aspect too. So I think that when, you know, people walk in and they don't see a lot of cis gay men for the most part, it's like, where do I fit in here? And it's like, you do, it's just the, the focus is not, um, cis straight men for the most part, in, in my opinion. And, um, you know, uh, opening it up to people who um, feel that they have to be exclusionary about bisexual people is just, again, like, it's just queerness comes in so many different ways and forms. Yeah. And it truly is a spectrum. And again, queerness is not about who you're sleeping with. It's like you and your lifestyle and your commitments to this, you know, um, not alternative, but this like more open and inclusive way of living so i wish people would kind of understand that um like queer and dyke and lesbian can all have different meetings too and Mm. for the record yeah dyke night is for everybody i fucking love that thank you i needed that validation (laughs) all dykes welcome you like dykes you are a dyke dyke night is just gay ass night and um Yes, like somewhat sapphic fo- focus, but again, like if you're gay and you feel like this night is for me, then it is. Yeah, fuck yeah. I love that. I think that's why like just knowing that about you too is that like that that has been such a pull for me towards like not just you as a person but also the spaces you curate and like singing at fruit salad, which was like the first time 
I've ever sung at like an open mic at one of my original songs. It was just like very vulnerable for me. I also intentionally did not go with any of my very close chosen people because I was like, I'm doing this and I don't want anyone there that's going to make me feel even more nervous. Like, I no just one look at me. Truly, I was like, <laughs> I am going to shit my pants, Um, which is, I think, what I said when I walked up to that mic. But it's just, I felt and continue to feel in that space so fucking seen. And so it's, I think part of it is that it's not just a queer space. It's also a space filled with artists. And it's like, if there's anything from an identity standpoint that I am, it's a queer person and an artist. Like those are my core identities. And so to have a space that's curated for us, like is so fucking cool. Um, And I just really thank you from the bottom of my heart for like starting this and not just starting, but like continuing it. Cause I have run events many times like over the last decade and it's hard fucking work to put this shit together and keep doing it like it is a lot of labor a lot of unpaid hours it is a lot of stuff and so just like yeah it's fucking it's the shit thank you I truly had (laughs) again like the the fruit salad story goes like we expected maybe we'd get 30 people um once a month in maximum. And, you know, we've maybe struggled to get in um, 10 people the first time, 20 the next time, then 20 went to like 40. And then word of mouth started building. And then we quickly outgrew the Martin, which I think, you know, um, their capacity is a little bit lower than Dorothy and took it down to Dorothy and um, Dorothy reopened and has just gone from a very small, like, what if we have a gay open mic? Like, what if we just say it's a gay open mic? Yeah. Um, and there wasn't any like that says specifically like this is gay centered or LGBTQ friendly. It was like, no, it's open mic is gay. Um, and I, there was just such a need. Um, yeah. We, you know, it was uh, almost two years ago now in October and just like people were like tentatively and safely like, you know, masking up and like, let's kind of try this, keep the, our attendance numbers low and I think that people were just so hungry for queer community um, that wasn't necessarily like a, a nightclub or anything like that, but had this sense of community that was also like very celebratory. Yeah. So we have just been, you know, as people know, selling out um, 120 tickets within five minutes. Um, and we just keep doing it each time. And each time is just better and better. And it's so humbling to you know be the host for this event um the co-producer of this with Whitney Lamora and um curating the featured um artist and as someone who grew up the way I did super Christian in the closet and only just now you know for the last couple of years dating as a queer person um and getting to witness people do their open do an open mic for the first time yeah. or someone being like I just came out not that long ago And I, you know, I feel so honored to be able to like have this space for people when, you know, I was just like, I like poetry and I'm gay and I hope I make friends. So now to have it be what it is now is, you know, my like wildest dream come true. I had no idea. Then I, you know, I think about little me um, just being like, oh, I hope I make some gay friends. (laughs) I also just want to say, you don't just like poetry. You are a poet. (laughs) <laughs> I am. So let's just name that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I am. I am a poet and a writer and a um artist, an installation artist. And I um, you know, it's so funny that I I truly do like contribute a big part of that my life trajectory now is is to non-monogamy. Um, because <laughs> I um, you know, I was so jealous when I we first opened our relationship my ex and I and I was just like okay what are things that I know make me feel cool and I was like art how can I go do some more art I'll apply for this place called Martin and here we are now on this podcast talking mm, to you oh shit that's cool <laughs> full circle but I love full that full circle moment I that's you know that's how I manage my jealousy and how I give myself so much joy is mm. by diving going back to my art always always going back to writing 
And always going back to queer community and my friendships, it has made queer community and friendships have made my life so much richer. I would always journal and say, like, pick out these pros and cons or just like make lists of like, what will make me happy? Because um, depression is hard, you guys. Sometimes you got to make your happy list. 100%. Um, you got to make the happy list. And um, at the top of mine was like close friends to go out with. And since I've had that, I have felt like I can literally do anything. I think um, I think my friends are like the loves of my life. And I um, like my life's purpose is not necessarily to have the love of my life romantically even though like if that happened when that happens it'll be great but to have this community of people who I can be with and challenge and have them challenge me um, because we just continue to choose each other over and over again even when we got a set at each other and I've never had that I haven't had that with my family so Mm -hmm. it's really nice to um, do a lot of that and I owe so much of it just to honestly to fruit salad and um chicago is just like incredible art community yeah it's so fucking rich i also just like got goosebumps listening to you <laughs> talking just there like it's i'm just so happy for you it, i really am like and i i hope that everyone listening can like have a beacon of hope and like light if they're feeling like they're struggling when it comes to finding community, finding chosen family, like being fully expressed in their queerness. Like it is a journey and we're all in these different timelines. And like the fact that you have this community that you've curated and then also that you are just where you are in your own journey. Like I, if I were listening to this podcast like a few years ago and wasn't as like in my queerness as I am now and and feeling so nourished by my relationships, I would be listening to this and be like, okay, it's possible, you know, like it can happen for me. And it does, I, it doesn't have to, it can't, it doesn't have to be this, like I'm in my twenties and I've, you know, fostering and I'm finding it, you know, it's like, you can be in your fucking thirties or your forties or your fucking whatever, you know, and like find that space and find people or even just a person that you just like find that is just so like, yes. And their chosen family. Um, it's just, it's massive. And yeah, I'm just really, I'm really stoked for you, Rain. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's been cool to watch, watch you from a, like afar and close up the last year, but also just like hearing where you like your whole story and where you've come from. Like, it's just, it's, yeah, it's really cool. And it just like, I deeply identify because again, I feel like our, our stories have been kind of in parallel. So it's, it's dope as shit. Thank you. Oh my gosh. It's just truly like, you know, bananas. And I, you know, I am a really like shy person. Um, for the most part, I actually am really shy and I am on a spectrum too. So I mask really well in a social situation, sometimes to my detriment. So I've been learning how to take care of me and accept, you know, kind of being on a spectrum and when I need to take rest. Yeah. Um, and just, I think that truly what has helped me make friendships was like consistency and um, accepting that sometimes the vibe is not there to be close friends. Like you can always have a, I see you and I say, hello friend, or we go get drinks friend. Like not every friendship has to be super close um, and be willing to have it be awkward. It is going to be so <laughs> awkward. I, I tell you as a 33 year old that, it is still so fucking awkward and you just like, you got to get past the hump. You got to get past the hump. Like I am so embarrassing, but I'm asking if you want to come over and eat some salad on the porch. <laughs> I, but you know what? Like, I think that's something that like we've stopped doing. And like, I'm always, I, I, I say this to my friends all the time. Like, I feel like I'm always the person that's like doing the reaching out. I'm very much the like, let's hang, let's do this thing, whatever. And it, it, I until like a couple of relationships that have come into my life in the last couple of years where people are bidding, they're always asking. I'm like, oh, this is what it feels like to receive the bid. You know, like I just, uh, for the most part, have ended up being the one who leads that, right? And in, in most mm-hmm. of my relationships at this point in my life. And so 
it's really nice. Like I, I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah. If someone was just like, come eat salad with me on my porch, I'd be like, be there in five, bitch. You know, like I just love, <laughs> I love that. And I think, I think we, we, we get into even like, uh, I don't know, just these like cycles in life, no matter who we are, or what we're doing, where it's just like, everything is on automatic pilot. We have these routines. We don't think outside the box and, and think to like, yeah, you can invite your fucking friend over and eat salad on a porch or, Asked to build furniture and have raccoons be on your fucking porch. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) I made that joke because Rain literally had like raccoons living on your porch furniture. Baby raccoons had. They were so cute. They were so cute. I wanted to keep them, but I got to let wildlife be wild. (laughs) Oh, I hate it. Oh my God. I, I get, oh my gosh, it's just about reaching out too. Like, it's so hard. Um, and like realizing like, what is my capacity for that? Like, yes. it's just um, hard to figure out. It's hard to figure out as you get older and that capacity even changes or diminishes. Um, my Mine changes like, on the daily. So it's like, oh my how gosh. do I plan for like three days from now when today I'm feeling vibes, but like tomorrow I might be like, I'm dead to the world. Please nobody talk to me. Like, Please no, I need couch yeah. time. Yeah. I, one of my really close friends, um, their name's MK, um, said something really like profound to me that kind of really adjusts the way I like make friends with people. And they said, every day I make a point to reach out or connect to one person and 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 like not like we're gonna go for dinner we're gonna go for a drink it's just like how are you like I love you commenting on something and like I love like as a like uh neurodivergent person I love Instagram DMs because I can do a little socializing I say oh my gosh that was funny and then I've done some socializing and then you're on your couch yeah (laughs) yes it is so good it's like you know and you may not get the giant group thing which again like mine was all truly just a happenstance everyone just happened to be new to the city so I got really lucky in that aspect but I was I've always always have been someone willing to fail like and um willing to be embarrassed once I got over like I think everyone feels the same way it was just nowhere like it was just up from there I love that fuck yeah Ugh, I could talk to you about this all day. <laughs> okay, well, since we're gonna wrap up soon, I, I before we get into like how people can get linked with with you and fruit salad and all that good stuff, I always have one question that I end every episode with for new folks who haven't been on the pod. And since this is your first one, the mm-hmm. question is, what does it mean to you to live your fuck yes life? Ooh, great question. Hmm. For me to live my fuck yes life, it means doing it scared. Mm. Like I may be worried about something, but I've always told myself the worst thing they can say is no and do it when you're not ready. And that's how I ended up in like three art showings and back to back in one year yeah (laughs) do it scared (laughs) and just do it um it is absolutely okay to be afraid and um to rest oh my gosh I as a Sagittarius um it is very hard for me to slow down but um when I am ready to take a leap on something I just I do it and I do it scared because I'm not gonna not be scared uh, anytime soon so I may as well just rip it you know rip the band-aid off fuck yeah wait what's your what's your moon and rising your sad uh, they're both they're both Gemini oh shit right <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> what a combo it makes a lot of sense the more you like get to know me I'm just, yep. just, you're just like oh my god <laughs> I love that so much. I feel like Geminis get a bad rap. We got to like, we got to change that because I feel like Geminis are dope. I've met a lot of really cool Geminis or Gemini centered folks, you know? Oh yeah. They get, like we get a terrible rap, but we're just a bunch of, I mean, like I truly feel like, well, my son signs, like we're just a bunch of rodeo clowns, you know, <laughs> sweet little devils. 
Oh my God. I love that. Okay. So how can people get in your sphere, places to follow you and also fruit salad and all that good stuff. If you're in Chicago and you want to check it out, I mean, get on it. Cause it fucking like, it, it, like rain said, it sells out so fast. Like I, my fingers just like, don't move as quickly as apparently everyone else's. And I have failed many <laughs> times. I, I remember texting you a few times being like, I can't fucking come because they're sold <laughs> out, bitch. Like I'm trying. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's funny. Cause my friends are just like, Oh my God, are you Taylor Swift thing at Eventbrite right now? I was like, Oh my God, stop it's me. It's me. I am <laughs> the problem. It's me. It's me. <laughs> Um, okay. So first up fruit, we are fruit salad, Chicago on Instagram. Um, every third Wednesday at Dorothy and Ukrainian village, it's a lesbian bar, um, underneath, um, the incredible split rail and the Martin. You should definitely check those are out their LinkedIn fruit salads bio. Um, the more, the surefire way to get tickets is to sign up for Dorothy's email list because you're going to get an email right on time. You're also going to get a warning a couple days before when the tickets drop. So that link in the email is the best way to get it. Um, I do put the link in our bio and in our Instagram story, but by the time I do that, they're usually gone. So get on that email list Mm -hmm. and just be ready. Um, You can find me at so much rain. Um, That's rain with two N's on Instagram. Um, My profile is public because again, I'm a fire sign. I love attention. Um, You can definitely connect with me there. You'll find all the art things I'm doing currently writing um, photos of my old installations as well. Um, I also run an outfit of the day Instagram called a bunch of outfits. Um, So you can hear me talk about, thrifting and <laughs> wearing the same combination of four things really usually <laughs> my gosh um i have a poetry chat book linked in my instagram bio it's old but um i do have another one coming it's called inner hand citrus Yay. so um look out for that it's going to be very sapphic and very gay and um yeah just you're going to catch me at all the queer and gay events um and yeah um say hi again i'm very shy but um i can mask like no other so come talk to me in person and let's talk about the sims and i'm the opposite i'm like i am the least shy person you'll ever meet but i'm so insecure about being in queer spaces that i'm always like i'm not gonna (laughs) approach anybody please come say hi to me so (laughs) Apparently, when we but we are both out, just come say hi to us. We're very just come say hi. We're very nice. (laughs) I love this so much. Um, thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing your story, your heart, and and sharing about fruit salad for everyone who's who's in Chicago or maybe passing through. Um, it's been such a meaningful space for me, and I just like I just really appreciate you. Yeah. Period. Mm, I appreciate you too. And there you have it. Thank you, Rain, so much for coming on the pod. And for everything we talked about in today's episode, you can scroll down on your phone, check the show notes, um, or you can go to amandacatherineloy.com slash podcast slash 158. All the goods will always be there as per the fucking huge. Get in Rain's world. Follow her on Instagram. Um, Definitely follow Fruit Salad Chicago if you are local or if you travel here. Um, It is hard to get a ticket, but so well worth it. And um, all the other spaces that we talked about um, in the uh, episode, if you are local to Chicago and are looking to expand your queer community, um, are in the show notes for y'all so you don't have to forget. (laughs) Um, And it's obviously not just limited to those spaces, um, but they are spaces that I really love and also frequent and um, just love that rain centered. So yeah. Um, also a quick reminder uh, that if you haven't and are interested in snagging any merch that um, from the fucking queer line to celebrate pride for you and yours, um, you can always go and, and check that out. Uh, the link is also in the show notes for that. Um, or you can just go to my website slash merch um, and um, get yourself a cropped hoodie, a cropped um well that's all the things that are cropped I just love cropped things you can crop your t-shirts I always tell people I just like fucking cut them (laughs) um or um get a mug a sticker whatever feels good um the code queerdo q-u-e-e-r-d-o all capitals um is 
still rocking if you want 15% off the merch. Um, and um, yeah, all of that goodness as per the fucking huge. Um, again, ugh, I hope you're all having a, um, a calm, leisurely, lovely, bright, beautiful, and not so difficult start to pride and no matter where you're on your journey, um, if you are somebody who is queer or even queer questioning, you belong here. You belong in queer spaces. You are a part of the community. And you just I just want you to know that you belong because sometimes it can be hard to feel that way. Um, so, yeah. Big love until next fucking week where there's going to be a great episode. And by next week, I mean next time Um, in two weeks from today. Um, I will see you on the flip side. And until then, bye-bye.